Hello, friends, and welcome back to Completely Unreasonable. Part audio journal and part comedic stream of consciousness, Completely Unreasonable is an epic poem where we dive deep into the ancient oceans to do battle with mythical beasts and forces and face the infinite void with courage and renewed belief in ourselves. This is the third episode of the podcast. I am your host, Will Croco, and I'm so glad you're here with me. So as the music fades out, let's take a big, deep, serious breath. Because it's time for the podcast. So just before we begin the podcast properly, I would like to take a minute to give some shout outs to some lovely, lovely people without whom none of this would be possible. So once again, if I miss you, scream angrily at whatever device you're using to listen to this podcast and send me an angry message on social media, and I will be sure to include you in the next round of shout-outs. Ryan, Devin, Nick, Joel, John C., John S., Dylan, Raleigh, Jeff, Anna, Alicia, Sarah, Megan, Lara, Nicole, Emily, Warren, Mom, Dad, Grandpa, Grandma, rest in peace, both of you, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my aunts, oh, I already said aunts, <laughs> Carly, Michael, Chelsea, Ron, Zach, Jenny, Kelsey, John, Fran, Kendall, Tom, Colin, Riley, Dennis, Andrew, Wiley, James, Scott, Kaylee, and Oz. Thank you all so much for laughing at me, laughing with me, or just being there for me. Infinity in all directions, people. Spread your love upon the earth like a fever and let's help raise the tide for all boats. We took a chance that can't on completely do it. Nobody believes in you. Out. Everybody thinks you're a joke. Totally outraged. God's sakes. What are you talking about? It's so embarrassing. That's a pretty questionable perspective. And nobody has not only is How can you even think about that? I got sick of this. No way. Every fucking doing this for anybody else. Doing this for me to silence this shit. People want to listen to this. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Shut up. I'm in charge here, and we're not going to have any more of that self-destructive bullshit flung around here. Capiche? Friends, that's what the inside of my head has sounded like a lot over the course of the last week. I'm not going to go into this in too much detail, because A... Um, it could actually get me into more trouble. And B, this is supposed to be a comedy podcast, but to tell the absolute truth, this has been weighing on me, and I feel that I would be doing a disservice to my listeners and to myself if I wasn't honest about this. There are people who listen to the podcast now. I'm very grateful for that. More people than I thought would listen are listening. But at its very core, this podcast is still me essentially talking to myself when I'm alone. And if I'm not honest with myself when I'm alone, then how can I be expected to be honest in any other capacity in my life? So 
I've had a lot of anxious uh, cognitive dissonance this last week because, long story short, the new challenging job opportunity that I took about four and a half, five months ago is not panning out. And it seems very likely that in the upcoming weeks, my probationary employment will not be turning into permanent full-time employment as I had hoped, which means that I will be out there looking for a new job. Not that big a deal, but it kind of still feels like a big deal. This was a really good opportunity for me. I shouldn't speak completely in um, absolutes because... It's not over yet. I don't know how the next five to six weeks are going to play out, but I have steeled myself against the idea of losing this job and having to take either a step back or a lateral move career-wise to keep everything going. Um, I don't like talking about my career. I don't find my career to be particularly engaging to talk about when I'm not engaging with someone who does something similar. You know what I mean? This podcast is really, for me, it's an audio journal for me to work out how I'm feeling about things. And really how I'm feeling about this is fucking confused and a little scared and a little disappointed in myself. Essentially, and my boss confessed to this, they really, um, during the interview process, they kind of undersold to me how intense and um, how much responsibility this job really had. The person I was replacing worked there for about 12 years and he left behind some very large and very experienced shoes to fill. Now I'm in the dawn of my career, the first act of my career, if you'll allow me that film metaphor, but I graduated from school with this uh, diploma five years ago now, so I'm really just still figuring out where my place is at in this industry and um, where I want to be. So I left my last job because I had grown a little ungrateful of it and I really wanted to make a change and to force some upward mobility. And um, I did that for a little while, but it's looking like uh, this is going to be a valley following a peak of extended upward of an extended upward trajectory career-wise that I've experienced for the last few years. So I'm very grateful for the um, the fortunate, like the luck that I've had out here since Devin and I moved here career-wise. This That's why we moved out here to Kelowna from New Brunswick. And um, the net, net, it's still a net positive, even though I'm losing this job. We're still doing better financially than we have been. And we're still moving forward. I have a policy of relentless fearless marching into the future no matter what even if you're afraid because that's what heroes do everybody <laughs> so yeah like i said i know this is supposed to be a podcast i don't want to get too heavy talking about my upcoming likely unemployment here but um i am making some moves and i have some things planned and some promising looking leads so luckily i have the mental fortitude to recognize that this is merely a temporary setback and this will not derail my life in a way that is any more significant than i allow it to be um, derailed. Um, one concept I think about a lot, or I have been thinking about a lot when I've been thinking about the prospect of losing my job, even though I'm fairly confident I'll be able to find employment and this won't be necessary, is um, you know things like reducing your spending and really starting to live 
a little bit tighter financially. And it makes me think about this concept that I'm pretty interested in called um, the hedonistic adaptation, sometimes known as the hedonistic treadmill. And in um, it's the observed tendency of humans to kind of return to um, like a stable level of happiness despite large positive or negative events or life changes. Um, essentially meaning that like if you win the lottery and you're and you have a base a certain level of happiness chances are you're fairly quickly going to readjust your happiness to fit your new circumstances and vice versa if you lose your job or lose all your money or you have to downsize your home or something like that you will most likely bounce back and adjust to your new situation fairly quickly now i don't want to sound pandering because i have a i'm leading a fairly charmed life. My wife and I are financially stable. We have some financial horsepower working for us. And I've never really experienced true and profound loss or a major, major life setback. So I am talking a little bit hypothetically here, but still that does not mean that this is not a concept that is uh, worthwhile to look into and think about. Because as a person makes more money, their expectations and desires will rise is sort of like in tandem with that. And I don't know if this is totally true, but the, um, the, this, um, theory of the hedonic adaptation states basically that, um, they may not end up with any permanent, like, um, noticeable gain in their, in their happiness. Right. It kind of sounds a little depressing when you think about it, but it's also kind of it's also kind of an amazing thing to think about that the human psyche is advanced enough to be able to readjust itself in a um, relatively quickly way to changing circumstances like that. I try to think very carefully about consumerism and about, you know, financial status anxiety, because those are very real things in our society today. And I don't want my self-worth to be based on how much money I make or how perceivably wealthy or well-off I am. Because I'm not about that. I'm not about the outward display of perceived wealth at all. And I mean, I'm a millennial, so I don't really have the option to even like play that rich game. But, uh, you know, I'm not, that's just a joke at the expense of millennials. It's not that bad, but, um, that's one of the things I've been thinking about a lot. I think that's a good thing to think about because you can adjust your expectations and you can change the variables in the equation that equals your happiness. If you have the clarity and the know-how or, you know, the tools to see through the problems that you're currently having. <sighs> Cue dramatic sigh. <sighs> that all felt really good to get out of my head. But I have a better idea now. Let's let a little bit of light in here, shall we? I believe in my skills and abilities. Everything will work out for me. The tools I need to succeed are in my possession. 
there is nobody better to get the job done than me. My strength is greater than any struggle. I'm fearless. I'm getting stronger every day. I am in awe of what my body is capable of. I was not made to give up. I am not descended from fearful people. No one can make me feel inferior. I know my worth. I inspire others. I choose what I become. I've decided that I'm good enough. I'm brave enough to climb any mountain. I have the power to change my story. I have the courage to say no. I am not afraid to be wrong. I am confident in the presence of others. The success of others will not make me jealous. I will speak with confidence and self-assurance. I will say no when I do not have the time or the inclination to act. The only one who can defeat me is myself. I dare to be different. My every desire is achievable. Even outside my comfort zone, I will be comfortable in my own skin. And if I fail, I will fail forward. I am worthy of love and of joy. I do not need other people for happiness, and I choose hope over fear. Positivity is a choice that I make. I will not take other people's negativity personally, and my commitment to myself is real. I believe in me. I acknowledge my own self-worth. I am not my mistakes, and I accept myself unconditionally. I am a beautiful person. I deserve love, compassion, and empathy. I am enough. I believe in the person I dream of becoming, and I choose to be happy and completely love myself today. What I give is what I receive. I choose not to take it personally. My opinion matters. I am a magnet for love, and self-love is my natural state of being. My thoughts are kind to me because I deserve peace. I replace fearful thoughts with positive ones. A calm feeling spreads through my thoughts and actions. I acknowledge, welcome, and boldly accept praise. When I need help, I know how to ask for it. I am enough, no proof required. I have trust in myself and in my future. I am a good person who deserves good things. I am on the best path for me. I have my own abundance. Comparisons are unnecessary. You know, that section really felt nice. Um, if you're, that was me umming and coughing at the same time. If you thought that sounded a little bit contrived, like it was just me reading a list of uh, positive self-affirmations, then you get a gold star because that's exactly what I was doing. But if you think that's contrived, you should think about like why you would think that. I am going through a little bit of a thing right now, and woe is not me, but I'm definitely having a harder time than usual. And one of the keys to just managing your mental health is cultivating a positive mindset through whatever means you can. Sometimes it's hard to generate that stuff from the inside. You might say it and not believe it, but you know, 
if if you're an adult, you probably have a hard time internalizing things. You know, most of us seem to really internalize and hold on to the things that we were taught when all of our neurons were firing and we were eight years old and 10 years old. And as adults, it's much harder for us to change our thought patterns or that's what we've been told at the very least. So what I'm doing there is literally kind of trying to force some internalization. I'm trying to incept that idea back into my head. Insert whatever quote you just heard. Any one of those would do. When you're going through a rough patch, you have to manage your positive mindset. It's just like anything else. One of the things it needs is affirmation. And you can reach out to your friends for that and your loved ones for that. And that's great too. You have to give it to yourself too. You got to love yourself, people. If you don't love yourself, how would you expect anybody else to, right? You've got to talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend, which means you don't say anything that's hurtful or that's spiteful or that is designed to diminish. You want, I mean, tell yourself the truth. Don't lie to yourself, of course. I'm in this precarious career position because I took too big a risk and I overextended myself because I, whatever, I, whatever, pick your reason. But that doesn't help, does it? One of my really good friends, he knows who he is. He basically says that you should never, never talk to yourself in any way other than loving, which doesn't mean, again, that you let yourself slide or get away with things, but it does mean that when you're starting to go off the tracks, maybe the best way to nudge yourself back in the right direction is to give yourself a little bit of self-love. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. Not that kind, although maybe that kind. Nothing wrong with that either. But that's what that was. I literally named that little segment love and it's sort of the antithesis to the earlier cacophonous segment of me um, vocalizing all of the fears that I'm having right now, you know? And uh, you can tell this is a bit more serious episode than usual. I thank you for listening. Um, this podcast is more than anything, my audio journal, right? And... Just needed to get through the stuff. I think really the podcast too has been a very positive outlet for me just in general. And even just in this last like week that I've been going through this career crisis, it's been incredible. And I avoided it for a long time until the other day when I turned it on and I just decided I just, I didn't want to do it at all. And I forced myself to do it. Um, I talk about this book sometimes forgive me for sounding like Joe Rogan, but uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. You can call it a self-help book. It is a book about breaking through your, um, your inner critic and winning your creative battles. And it basically comes down to blunt force. <laughs> it's like break your patterns with blunt force. Sit down and do the work. That's what it's all about. So I saw that book sitting on my desk and I was feeling like shit and I didn't want to sit down and record anything. And I was like, what would... What would that book tell me to do? This book I'm always talking about and this book I'm like literally try to read from constantly. What would that book tell me to do? It would tell me, hey, Will, 
sit down and do your fucking work. It would it would pontificate about how the um the gods favor those who help themselves and the muse likes people who work hard. Um most of it is um he's a, he's an author obviously, so a lot of it is has that kind of a theme to it, but it helps with any kind of art. And yeah, I just referred to my own podcast as art. If you create something, guess what? It's art. So get over yourselves. Well, everyone, that has been the show for this week. Shorter than normal. I even called this episode bite-sized, and I do think that that is a, that's something that I'm going to do every once in a while as the show progresses. I'm actually still going to release an episode on Wednesday, as per my usual release schedule, whereas this episode will come out late Monday slash early Tuesday. Um, what happened really was that I was supposed to have a conversation with my friends Nick and Joel this weekend. Shoutouts to Nick and Joel. But just due to a scheduling conflict, we had to reschedule. So I'm actually going to be talking to them tomorrow on Tuesday, which will still give me enough time to throw everything together for my Wednesday slash early Thursday release schedule that I had promised on a previous episode, which I'm going to try very hard to adhere to, which means four episodes in three weeks, which I think is fun. Thank you for listening to this. I know that this is a bit different than what you may have come to expect from this show. And today arguably really even wasn't a comedy show at all. I hope you did laugh a few times, and I hope that what I've said may have resonated with some of you, whether it was my, you know, fearful ramblings about potentially losing my job, or my, let's call them, somewhat contrived, force-down-your-throat positive self-affirmations there in the middle, but I will apologize for exactly none of it. So, I hope you're enjoying the show. A like, a share, a subscribe, a review, a message with some kind words, they all mean a lot to me. Those of you who have given me feedback so far, I thank you so much for that. It is one of the hardest things in the world to get people to care about your creative endeavors. So, those of you who have given me feedback, thank you very much. Remember people, it costs nothing to um, give an artist feedback. So thank you very much. Coming up on the podcast, I will have Nick and Joel on Wednesday. Like I said, episode number four, the boys get back together. But until then, much love, take care of each other, and I will see you next time.